The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You hear that music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and you know what matters to me. <laughs> the Ohio State University Buckeyes will be playing in the national championship game. All I want to do is say, I told you so last week. If you listen to the show, you didn't know, hey, I mean, it wasn't one of those things where I was being a homer. I'm just going to state the facts. Don't matter who lines up in front of you, you got to play ball. I don't care what their reputation is. I don't care how many wins, you know, the tradition, all that stuff, because we got a lot of that as well. But you got to line up and play. But listen, before I start having a whole lot of fun, I, I have to pay homage. And you all know, I'm sure you anticipated this happening before you ever tune into the show. And that is, <laughs> the good man, Stuart Scott, has gone to a better place in heaven. But I, I'm sad for a couple reasons, and, and I'm just going to share this, this story with you, if I will, if I may, because I don't ever want it to happen to you. You know, there's sometimes things in life, you know, they happen, and you look back up on your life, and sometimes you say, well, I have no regrets, and sometimes you say, well, you know, no, I wouldn't change anything. I, I would change something. There is one thing that has bugged me since the day it happened, and that was, I think it was 2008. The Super Bowl was here in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, we at Voice America uh, Sports uh, were, was on the red carpet at the players' party. And, of course, uh, during that time, there were many players who went by. And, uh, of course, there were many who stopped, and we interviewed them. But it was a great night. And I recall going in and seeing, you know, a lot of fellas there. Ray Ray, of course, was there. And, of course, that's Ray Lewis. And, you know, a whole lot of T.J. Husmanzada. You know, a lot of the ball players, the current, you know, Superstars were at the party. But for me, the, you know, one of the most exciting times, and, I, and I'm, I'm also say this, you know, um, good brother Cooper, who was uh, an Arizona high school football player at Highland, uh, was also there. And later on, you know, they found him. Well, he had, I don't know if they found his body to this day, but he was killed in a boating accident. But that night, very few things in life am I afraid of, particularly when it comes to humans. I'm cool with humans, but any little animal, somehow I'm scared of that kind of stuff. But that night, I walked as, I, as we had completed our job, and we were about to go in and start having fun, if you will. Booyah! The man himself walks right past me. And it was the, it was the first time that I remember thinking about Oh, Stu's eye looks a little funny. 
And I don't know if the eye had anything to do with, with the cancer, because I know that, you know, it's been said that the, the eye was a result of, I think, him hit, being hit in the eye at, at a practice, a football practice. I believe it was at the New York Jets. But, but Booyah himself walked past me. I was just breaking into this aspect of digital media, if you will. At that time, I had done some other things in media. Uh, but I was just doing my, my own show here, Voice America Sports. And it, and it really gave me the freedom to be as creative as I wanted to be because, you know, the platform was like, you know, here, Ray, take it. Do what, what you like to do with it. And I was just starting this, you know, putting this thing together because I came here to Phoenix, Arizona uh, as an entrepreneur, hoping to build my own network, if you will, of, with, my, with myself and other players and other coaches, people who played the game. Because I realized that one thing about that, that made ESPN so special was they respected the fact that these are, these are real experts. We speak real well. We got great educations. But we don't know the game like they do. And so what ESPN really looked like prior to Booyah showing up, it, it looked like CNN Sports. It looked like CBS Sports. It looked like ABC Sports. It looked like NBC Sports. And that was the same type of individuals. Their delivery was very similar to news. Sports is not news. Sports is entertainment. Stewart understood that. Booyah understood that. And so he brought it to you like that. He brought it to you on the airwaves the way you responded when you were watching the game. He bought it. It was entertaining. That's what he did. He bought that. He, he made you feel like you were when you were watching the highlights and he provided some commentary to the B-roll. Booyah. That's what you would have said when somebody got hit like that. I used to, you know, me back in the day, I always told you, I call them, you know, woo hits. You know, somebody, what, what the hell's a woo hit? It's when you hit somebody. And the whole stadium and everybody at home go, woo, damn. That's, that's what Stu did. Booyah. That's what he did. This wasn't, this wasn't, you know, a tragic accident that happened in downtown Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This wasn't about somebody who had walked into the school and just started opening fire on everybody. This was about Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, tennis. It was entertainment. It was that disposable income that you used to make you happy. That's what entertainment is. You, you take that, either you do something or you take some money to try to make yourself happy. So why in the world would you want to be all buttoned up? If you go to a football game, one thing about entertainment Particularly football, you go to a stadium. Now, basketballs are fashion shows. Understand that. Fellas, in case, you know, your girl never been to a game before, <laughs> shout out to Sunrise. I love you, baby. But, you know, when we first met, you didn't know a whole lot about football. But, fellas, if your girl going to the game for the first time, she don't know how to dress. If it's a basketball game, bam, fashion show. If it's a football game, you know. Go, uh, just be warm. It might be cold. <laughs> you know, don't you, you know, put your hat on. You know, put the team paraphernalia on. You know, it, basketball, it's more, you know, they want to be seen there. 
football, you, you screaming, you hollering. Football is entertainment. Football is one of those things whereas you have a chance, almost like Mardi Gras, to dress up and be somebody other than yourself. To be a figment of your imagination of something that you wish you could do and just act like you have no damn sense where you're the most educated person on your block, maybe your neighborhood, maybe your city. But you can put something on and go to a game and just lose your mind. It's entertainment. And that's what Booyah brought to it. And I, I saw this man and I let him walk by and I have never regretted it. One day in my life, I'm sorry, I have always regretted it. Every day of my life. I saw Charlie Taylor at the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, a man that I admired after every touchdown. I would try to emulate the way he celebrated his football day. I had the courage to walk up to him and introduce myself, humble myself, show I was a pro football player, but I wasn't Charlie Taylor. Charlie Taylor was who I was trying to be like. I saw, I saw Stuart Scott live in living color. And God knows to this day, I'm so sad. I am not afraid to tell you as a man, I cried when I heard he died. When I watched that special on TV, I cried. When I watched that ESPN award night show that night when he got that award and asked his daughter to come up on stage. And he simply said to her, daddy needs a hug. Come on up here and give me a hug, baby, because daddy needs one. Man, let me just say, I've always in my life felt the greatest thing about sports, how it just breaks down all barriers. As long as you got my colors on of my team, I don't care what you look like. Sports does that. Nothing else in life that I can really think about consistently around the world can you say that. For a period of time, people that hate each other deep down in their hearts, they know it. They can sit next to each other and they can scream and holler and jump up and shout and give each other high fives because you got the same color on because you're rooting for the same team. No place else could that happen but in sports. So for all those people who try to think that sports is irrelevant and try to diminish the value of those who play and bring something special to the game, stop doing that. I can tell you, this man who all he talked about on television during his broadcast was sports, not only did he break me down and make me cry, he made a whole hell of a lot of people cry. He didn't report on Afghanistan. He didn't report on the presidential elections. He didn't report on crime being up and down. He didn't report on the stock market. He didn't report on any industry's highs and lows. He reported on sports. So for all of you out there who think that sports is irrelevant, I think you need to stop and check yourself. Stu, my man, booyah. Thank you for everything you've ever done here on this earth. You inspired me, my man. I came here to Voice America Sports to try to create more people who could walk in your footsteps. Have some big shoes to feel. 
but we're going to try. You, you will be, you will be wherever I go, whatever I do, as it pertains to sports broadcasting, you will be the level of which one is measured as greatness. Because my man, you were the greatest of all times. Booyah! We're going to take a break. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I know it says we got one minute, but we're going to take the break now, and we'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And what matters to me? Booyah! That's right, Stuart Scott is in a better place that we know that one day, all those who make it, <laughs> when you enter the door, and when you turn left, booyah, going to be doing sports up in heaven. So if you make it there, check him out. He'll be happy to see you. I can guarantee you that. He'll have a smile on his face. So I'll tell you what he will be talking about once you get up there. He'll be talking history of sports. And when he talks history of sports, Stuart Scott will be talking to you in heaven about the Ohio State Buckeyes. That's right. History. Big five conferences. You know, when it all started out, when it all started out, you know, we didn't really know where it would end up. But we knew there was going to be, I'm sorry, there going to be four teams. Four teams is going to make the playoffs for the first time in history. I will say at the beginning of the football season, there were some people that were Buckeye fans or not felt that the Ohio State University had a chance to be there when it was all said and done. I'm not going to say they were all hoping, wishing, dreaming, praying for us, but certainly there were some, and they had reason to believe that the Buckeyes would probably be there when it was time to play for the at least the playoffs. But they've gone beyond that. You've got people at, even at the professional level trying to, trying to use the Ohio State Buckeyes as an example as to, hey, you may go three, you may have to go two or three deep. 
Shout out to the Arizona Cardinals, and particularly Larry Fitzgerald. God bless you, man. I don't know what's going to happen with you, but, you know, maybe the team might step up and understand that you don't ever deserve or should you ever have to wear another uniform other than the Arizona Cardinals uniform. The greatest receiver of all time, certainly in Hall of Famer. Let the man go out the right way. I understand it's all about the money, but everything is about the money. You got the money. It's just against the cap. You got to spend it. Might as well give it to him. But let's get back to the history, of course, of the Ohio State Buckeyes, who happen to be, as I said, similar to the Arizona Cardinals in that they lost their starting quarterback, not the first one, not the second one, but they were down to their third quarterback. Now, I'm a, let, let, let's talk a little bit about this third string. See, I don't care who you are. If you're on the football field, if you at a school like the Ohio State University, if you're on a professional football team like the Arizona Cardinals, you know, I don't care. You know, you're on the team. You know, where you fall at, you know, first string, second string, third string, you know, you don't go out. People don't go out and introduce themselves as high. You know, my name is Ray Ellis. I'm the third string uh, strong safety for the Philadelphia Eagles. Hmm. And then, I'm sure nobody does that. But you look on the roster, you look on the depth chart, and you may see where a person, you know, is lined up. But <laughs> that is just for a purpose of you can only put 11 people on the field at one time. So you might be the second guy to go out in that position. But then again, there's times where a person goes down, they move somebody from one position to another, with the exception of the quarterback. You can move a center, could go down, you could put a guard in there, center, you could, a guard could go down, you could put a tackle in there, you know, vice versa. You know, safety can move the corner, corner can move the safety, linebacker can move from inside to outside, all that stuff. Not at the quarterback position. Quarterback position is so vulnerable these days. You, you just never know what might happen to your quarterback today because unlike some people believe, every team in the National Football League is much different than they are in college. All those people out there who talks about, you know, Alabama could have beat, you know, whoever, Cleveland Browns, not happening. There is so much difference in talent. In high school, when you leave high school and you go to college, you are the best of those who were in high school. When you go to college and you leave there and you go to pros, you are the best of those who were in college. Now you are a member of the teams that represent the best pro football players in the world. So, when you're now, the numbers have been reduced because each time you kind of go through this thing and it, it, it sheds and cuts and chops off necks and, and, and the Turk walks around and, it, you know, be swinging things blindly sometimes and sometimes you get cut. Shout out to Ben Heron. Boom, 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 Heron. I'm sorry. Indianapolis Colts got cut. Wrong team. Let him go. Boom, did his thing. But the fact of the matter is, if you're on that roster and you get put in the game, if, you're, if you were the third-string quarterback, you're the first-string quarterback. You don't, there's no excuses. I don't want to hear the excuse that I'm the third-string quarterback, so I, I, I have to play like the third-string quarterback. I don't want to hear the excuse that there's a reason why he's the third-string quarterback. I don't want to hear that. He's a professional football player. Bottom line. If he's on your roster, you got to think that one day he might be in that game and represent your team. Can I win with him? 
See, that's what I'm, I'm going to go after the Arizona Cardinals real hard about. That's what you. That's the way you want to think about your team. You don't want to think about, oh, he's just the third string quarterback. No, you want to think about, suppose this person gets in the game. Can I win with him? Because it might happen one day. And you don't want to be in there playing the odds. You know, this, this is not Vegas. This is your team. We're, we're, oh, well, the, uh, the chances of him getting in are slim to none. Oh, Slim just showed up. Slim, get in. <laughs> Slim can't make it happen. There are two very, dis- two very distinct things that make a difference in football games. Always remember this. Always remember this. Injuries and turnovers. Injuries and turnovers make a difference. So always have your players prepared because somebody's going to get injured and don't turn the ball over. So the Ohio State University, what did they do? They played with the person that was on the roster as the next man up against Alabama. Now, here's the thing about this whole thing, this mistake, if you will, about the SEC. I have to admit, I'm going to be honest. They say numbers don't lie. I don't think I don't know if, if, if Mike got that show anymore. Shout out to Mike and Jamil. I think it's now his and hers. Hers and his, his and hers, whatever. But I will say this. We happened to be 0-10 going in there. 0-10, Ohio State was 0-10 against SEC. Everybody talked about the speed that the SEC has and, you know, the Big Ten is slow. <laughs> oh, man, I think you need to check yourself when you say that because maybe you haven't done your homework. I, I really don't remember. I can, I can go way back, you know, and, and Ohio State has always had speed. You know, so, you know, that's not that's never been anything that you can say Ohio State didn't have speed. Uh, Joey Galloway, you know, 40 some years old, I believe. And young man want to challenge Joey now. That's right. I want to challenge him now. You know, I, I, I know Terry Glenn. Woo. You know, you got you got you got to watch when you want to talk about some Ohio State players in speed. Ted Ginn Jr. Woo. I mean, you're still trying to find the back of his jersey now. And Ted didn't left town. Season's over. He probably didn't stay here. But, but, but listen, you don't have to worry about the speed or, you know, it's, the, it's a football team. In each game, you just line up and you play. And so I'm, I'm saying these things because this is what I said before. We, we got to line up and play. Good friend Herman Edwards. Roommate, what's up, Rumi? Herm used to say, hey, that's why you play the game. <laughs> you play the game to win. You don't know who's going to win. You may have some idea. But on game day, you don't show up thinking you're going to lose. You show up thinking we play the game to win. Now, I got to give a shout out to, to Nick Saban. I, somebody on my Facebook page, by the way, want to let you know. Yes, Gary Tranquil was the secondary coach at The Ohio State University my first two years there. Then Pete Carroll took over my junior year. And then Nick Saban took over the duties my senior year. So I, I was a little torn between Nick and I. I'm sure you all know the story about me being struck by lightning and how Nick and Terry came to the hotel. God bless him. I'll never forget that man and his wife for the rest of my life. Thank God I lived. But, man, Nick Saban, I, I will tell you this. 
there's one thing where, there, where, where perhaps maybe things could be equal. And where could they be equal? And that could be on coaching. Now, some people might say, well, how could that be equal? Because all they do is articulate a message to send it in and somebody else has to execute that. It's not like he, you know, Nick blocks or tackles better than Urban or that Urban runs faster than Nick or that Urban might weigh more than Nick or that Urban is taller than Nick. I think Nick might be the oldest of the two. But all that doesn't matter. So sometimes coaching, although there is a such thing, there is such a thing as good coaching. You know, and, and, and what is, how does good coach, good coaching happens on game day. I will say that. But good coaching also happens throughout the week. And, and, and it's every aspect of the preparation is coaching. How hard you work the guys, uh, how much time you spend in the classroom, how much time you spend in the weight room, you know, how much you spend conditioning, how much time you spend, you know, going, you know, showing tendencies, you know, how much time you go over special teams, special teams, offense, defense. You know, all those things matter. You know, how, you know, making sure that the guys are e- eating right, making sure the guys, you know, uh, you know, are getting treatment, you know, make, you know, making sure that the guys, you know, physically and mentally are not drained. All those things factor into this player that you put on the field on game day. And now you got to hope that that player is now all distractions have been removed. And this player is good to go. You've done everything you can do for this player. So now all you got to do is call the plays. And so now it becomes a chess match between those two coaches. And it's, it's chess. They both know how to play chess. But, you know, from, from what I understand, it's, 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 a, it's a lot of strategy involved in chess. And strategically, you got to go into a game plan. Coaches script plays sometimes for the first 10 plays, 15 plays. Regardless of what the situation is, this is what we're going to run. And then sometimes coach has, coaches have to make adjustments. And I, I'm, I'm going to talk about some pro games where I think I saw some adjustments happen. But I'm going to tell you this. From the very beginning of the game, booyah, the Ohio State University just came out, opened up a can, what? A can of whoop ass? Yes. And it, you knew the can was open. It's like you just, you, you, you felt it. You saw it. But you also, you, you could feel it. There was a sense of, the stage is never too big for the Ohio State University. It's never too big for Alabama. It was a time was right. Everything was clicking on all cylinders. The big fella Jonesy, man, he was back there just, you know, throwing darts. Defense was playing ball. Oh, yeah, shout out to the big fella from Canton McKinley High School. Intercept- oh, just all defensive tackles, you know, defensive ends running interceptions back for touchdowns, dropping off and pass defense. They were just getting it done. And so don't, don't hate. And there's another thing, you know, the Ohio State University, I mean, look at the program consistently. You know, in the 60s, they won a national championship. In the 70s, they were playing for it two or three times. In the 80s, on January 1, 1980, we was 11 and 0. We played in the Rose Bowl for it. In the 90s, I think they might have slipped a little bit. I don't know if they were undefeated in the 90s. Come 2003, they won a national championship. And now, you know, a decade later, here we are again. So the program consistently, you, every night you watch a football game. All I'm just trying to say is that for those people who don't think they belong there, I'm trying to, to justify to you 
with facts that they do belong there. You can't watch a Sunday or Monday night football game without sitting there knowing nervously if you don't like the Buckeyes. If you love them, you can't wait to hear that somebody's going to say the Ohio State University. It's going to happen. That means that they put, they producing the best football players in the country at all positions. All positions. Now, it's, it's been a while since we produced a great quarterback. I, I got to say that. It, it's been a while since we produced a great quarterback. But every other position, we're getting it done. So don't hate. Just appreciate the hard work and effort and time that goes in to building a school and a tradition like they have at the university. And just like we do to one another, show respect. That's all it's about. Respect. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. They break with me? Maybe they didn't. 30 seconds. Oh, what the heck? Let's take the break now. <laughs> I've already told them we're going to go to break. So let's just go to this break and then we'll come back. Of course, again, as I said, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Real Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters and what matters to me. Booyah, Stuart Scott. Man, I'm so sorry, Stu. I didn't do it. It will haunt me for the rest of my life that I was not. I, 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 I got to say, I was a little bit intimidated that I did not walk up and just introduce myself because I wanted to shake his hand. He didn't need to shake my hand. But when I saw Stuart Scott, I believe it was in you know, 2008 here at the Super Bowl in, in Phoenix, Arizona at the Players Party, 
uh, as, I, as he walked out, I saw him and my jaw just dropped. One of the greatest moments of my life, there's just people in my life that I've seen, I've met, you know, met presidents, you know, I met corporate executives, I met movie stars, you know, all that type of stuff, superstars, sports entertainment, you name it. That was a man, I, I missed that opportunity. But Stu, I hope you're looking down on me, man, continue to, you know, help a brother out, pull a brother up, and uh, continue to support us here as, as we do this thing in digital media, the new way of which one can obtain their sports content, and you bought a new flavor to uh, sports broadcasting, so I thank you for that. I, I want to give a shout-out to my man, R2. Yeah, you know who you are. James DeLeon, he hit me up on Facebook, man, one of my teammates, man, R2. <laughs> man, I'm going to tell you, strong little dude, man, play center, will just knock you out of the box. But a good friend and appreciate the fact that he acknowledged that when we got a chance to play ball at the Ohio State University, it was the best time of our lives. Shout out to Alvin Washington, too. Gave me a little, you know, hit up on Facebook, a, a like on a picture that I put. Uh, by the way, let me just say this. because I, I, This is Ohio State thing. I might be stuck on this. I know I got to talk a little NFL, but I might be stuck on this. There's a picture on my Facebook today. I uploaded last night. There's been a many times that I've thought about uploading this picture and I just never did it. But I felt the time was right. That man next to me, his name is Mike Guess. Mike Guess. Mike Guess. Now, I want you to hear this now. When we played ball at the Ohio State University, he and I were the two corners. He played left. I played right. And, you know, whatever came our way, we, we dealt with it. Went 11-0 and lost the national championship game in the USC January 1, 1980, 17-16. They only had about three or four Hall of Famers over there. Forget All-Americans. They had about three or four Hall of Famers over there. Two Heisman Trophy winners in the backfield. And uh, we weren't, you know, slouches ourselves. You know, we had, you know, a couple first-round draft picks on our team. You know, a lot of guys that played in the pros. Uh, great football game. You know, one of the greatest bowl games of all time. You can find it. USC, Ohio State, Rose Bowl, 1980. But that man, number 12. My guess was prime time before prime time. He was Lester Hayes in college when Lester was doing it in pros. My guess was a Richard Sherman of our college generation. My guess could just shut him down. Bottom line, taught me everything I knew playing corner. I'm not going to lie. Playing corner. When it come to hitting, I got that from Jack Tatum. When it, playing, when it was about covering and shutting him down, we called him Genghis. My guess, Mike Oh, my goodness. And, and bold and brash. You know, it was just, it was one of those things where, you know, he was the type of athlete where Mike had so, he wasn't, yeah, he was cocky. Cocky. Beyond confidence. Cocky. On game day. In practice. Don't try it. It's, it's don't, not his way. And I think Mike was probably part of the reason why, you know, I'm, I made all Big Ten my senior year, but I didn't make it my junior year. Uh, we were undefeated. You know, nobody was catching anything on us. I, I did. I, I'll say they took me to the house at the Rose Bowl, but, you know, there's an excuse for that, but I'm not going to make it. But it's a fact. Um, but Mike, guess. None better. None better. I can't. And Mike was an All-American at, at the Ohio State University. I, I can't think of a better cornerback, you know, in his college career. And, and I think it was, you know, just Mike's brashness, you know, his, 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 his cockiness might have been something that 
professional coaches at that time didn't know how to deal with. Mike was drafted by the Chicago Bears. Uh, he played some ball in the USFL. But I don't think they knew how to handle Mike was something that, that that generation had not seen before. I mean, you know, Mike, some things would come out of Mike's mouth that the player would be embarrassed for the person that the comment was directed towards. You felt embarrassed for them because Mike just didn't care. But he was so good. He, I mean, he was that good. But then, you know, there are programs where people will tolerate certain things. And then there's other times people just won't tolerate at the, at the next level. They were not willing to tolerate. I mean, Mike, I'm not talking about our play on the field, but, you know, it, Pete Carroll, when he came in, Mike was the captain. Probably told you guys a story. Mike should have been leading the drills. Mike wasn't going to lead the drills at the pace that Pete wanted him to start off the drills. It was Mike's way or no way. And so Pete simply said, Ray, could you, you know, I, I need you to set the tone for practice. Because, see, Mike ain't going to, you know, he, he ain't going to start off the way Pete, you know. Mike going to have his chin strap on, you know, shoes might be untied, you know. Mike, you know, he just, no. Mike was Allen Iverson, you know, way before Allen Iverson. It was like practice, practice. Mike, yes, shut it down. Don't go that way. Appreciate him coming to my way because he allowed me to make some plays. But my guess, when it comes to me playing corner at Ohio State University, we won 11-0, lost in that championship game, 17-16. Um, man, I, I, I got to give it up to Mike. And he embraced me, and I really appreciate that. But not only did he embrace me, but Mike, I'm going to tell you this now. Mike led by example when it was time for us to get it done. He, he, he didn't slack up on nothing. When it was time, when we playing ball, when it was game time, Mike, no, it's not happening. You're not going to look at Mike and that's the weak link. No, that's the, that's the example. That's what I said when he set the tone for me. Not to practice, but the game, shut it down. Just, you know, shut down corner. That, that was Mike. And now you got to think, now Mike's playing one corner, I'm playing the other corner. And then we got Big Bell. God, I got I to gotta dedicate an entire show to Todd Bell. I can't just give Todd a couple minutes and think I'm doing him justice. See, that's the other side, you know. I watched Jack Tatum, learned how to hit, but when I went in the pros to play strong safety, I played strong safety the way Todd Bell played it. My guest taught me how to play pass defense, how to cover. Watched Jack Tatum, knew how to hit, played strong safety the way Todd, play, Todd Bell played it. I, Todd Bell is, no doubt in my mind, Hall of Famer, just gone too soon. Hall of Famer, just gone too soon. Todd Bell is one of those people that, you know, they thought about changing the rules years ago as soon as Todd Bell stepped on the football field, particularly in pros, but certainly in college. It was, it was some things that just you should be in jail for. It, it was just pure violence. That's all it was. No regard for the human body whatsoever. Didn't care. Big Bell is what we called him. Todd Bell, number 25. Then my man, Vince Skillings. See, I'm talking about a secondary here. Uh, this, this is a blueprint for success to build a secondary like this. Vince Skillings. Flat out fly. Flat out fly playing free safety, soaking wet at 165 pounds. Maybe 168. Sideline to sideline. No, ain't no, no, you're not turning the corner going no long distance. How you going to do that? You can't get, you're, you're not going to make it. First of all, me and Mike not going to let you get on the outside around the corner. Then when you turn it up, Vince is going to meet you there, running about a 4-4, four, four, full speed, giving you all 168 pounds he got with a 4 Booyah. Yeah, he bringing that. 
That, that's what Vince Gillings would do to you. Hurt you. In fact, Vince would hurt himself trying to hurt you. He did it before many times. But I, Minnesota, everybody knows about the Minnesota game, 1979. Vince is up there hollering for some woman. I don't know who she is. Never seen in my life that I can remember. But he hollering for some woman because he didn't knock somebody out. And, 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 and as a result, concussed himself. Didn't have a clue where he was. But there was a secondary at The Ohio State University. And I mention it only because this is an Ohio State time. I got to take time out to pay homage. Jack Tatum, Rex Kern, all these guys way before us. Paul Martin, shout out to Paul Martin from Canton, Ohio. Ray Hamilton, Canton, Ohio. All these guys, you know, that went on and played at The Ohio State University. Archie Griffin, oh, my God, the greatest football player in college that we've ever seen. How can I justify that? Nobody else has two Heisman trophies. End of story. Art Sleister. Man, I don't know if you can hear this, Art. I understand times are a little tough, but that's okay. Just look up. Get your knees and look up. They will get better. Depend upon the man above. They will get better. But let me just say this. As a quarterback in 1979, the man who took us, we rolled him to the Rose Bowl, Arch Sleaster. I'm going to give it a shout-out to Doug Donnelly, White Lightning, 47. Just let it go. Just let it go. You, you, you're not going to catch him. Just throw it up there let him go run under it. And big, bad Gary Williams, <laughs> come on, Doug Donnelly, Gary Williams. Gary Williams about 6'2", wide receiver back in the day, big, strong dude. They, they didn't have him big and strong like that and could run and could catch big, huge hands. Gary Williams, Doug Donnelly, both of them all Big Ten. Doug All-American, fourth-round draft pick, third-round draft pick, Dallas Cowboys, something like that. Just getting it done. Offensive line across the board, protecting Arch Leister across the board, all of them just protecting him. On that defensive line, Luther Henson, Keith Ferguson, Oh, Jimmy Laughlin, Alvin Washington, Gary Doolin, God rest his soul in heaven. You know, just, just, just getting it done. Oh, just getting it done. It, it's just, oh, it, it's, it's just amazing to me that all these years we've had to wait for somebody else. We got in 2003. Thank, the, thank those young men for doing it in 2003. But I want to talk about something else here, if I could, quickly, because I, I picked up on something that Jonathan Wells had on his Facebook page. And that is that there's a lot of people out here who do not agree that there's some parents out here who are, who, who are in a position where, guess what, they, they can't make it to the greatest college football game ever to this point. The national championship that was earned, wasn't, not through calculators, not through computers, not through coaches votes but they earned it they played for a spot to get there and some people cannot afford to go in the meantime the nc2a making money hand over foot i think they said between the two games there was about 50 million people who watched these games can you imagine the kind of money they got the contracts they have and somebody saying the athletes want more well, hell, if you think about it, three years ago, the guys that are senior now, the guys that signed up three years ago didn't sign up for this. They, they, they didn't sign up for this, but it happened to them, so they have to accept this. But 
They changed the deal on them, but they didn't give them anything extra. They ch you came to school four years ago, three years ago, whatever. You know, you was a freshman. It was like that. Now you got this playoff, and you play these extra games, and they're gonna make some extra money. But they didn't change that part of your deal. Is there something wrong with that? How can they change that? But they can't take the time out to give these players some extra cash or to buy tickets for their mother and their father and, and putting them up in a hotel room and, and cover, you know, food and meals. Why can't they do that? I can't wait to see what the numbers are. It's funny. <laughs> those people, they act like they have no power. But yet still, those are the same people who change the rules. You got a playoff now. Okay, we're going to talk about that on the other side. <laughs> I'm getting caught up in that way. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You hear that music, you know the show. Here's the rail of sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And what matters to me, of course, what matters to me is that whew, I'm going to call him all. I'm going to call him our dear friend, all of ours. All of us who listen and watch ESPN, I, I think you at one time would have had to experience the delivery of Stuart Scott. And, and noticed that there was something that was unique about it. And it was entertaining. And that's what his job was to do. To provide commentary, to report on scores, statistics, things that happen in the game, but entertain you. And boy, did he ever. Rest in heaven, my man. Booyah. All right. Okay, let me, let me, let me go a little bit. I got into something. I'm, I'm sure I need to spend more time on it. And that is... When I was a plaintiff in the NC2A lawsuit with a former college athletes were uh, suing the NC2A uh, for their continuing use of our likeness and images after we had fulfilled our contractual obligations to the universities, and we won. And as a matter of fact, there, there's this, there's, we, we, we won, 
and 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 things are still being you know played out in court. There's still some appeals and those kind of things they have to go through, but we won. But I'm also going to say this: what made me realize that I needed to stand up was that the guys that are currently playing, who perhaps maybe shared some of the same feelings that I did, they they did not have a voice. They could you can't be a part of. It's almost part of corporate America. You know, you, you, you're you not the guy in there who's raising hell. You know, because they say, you know, the nail that sticks out always gets hammered. Shout out to Cookie Gilchrist. And, and so these young men, there they were things they wanted to say, things they wanted to express, things they wanted to change. As I just told you, the contractual obligation that the young men signed when they were freshmen, I don't believe that it had anything to do with the college playoff and an additional game or two. But, but somehow the colleges and universities were able to make those adjustments and the players had to go along with it. Now, you, you did that. Listen, in the pros, you, you got 16 games. Your contract is for 16 games. Your money, if you make $1 million, you make $10 million, you make $20 million. You can get it spread out that you'll get a check, you know, every 16 Mondays. You, you follow in there and... Um, you know, you just go. You get your check on Mondays. If you win, lose, or draw, you get your check. Now, if you make it to the playoffs, you now, everybody on the team, you might get a little bit of bonus money if you had that negotiating your contract, but, but now more is like this. When you go to the playoffs, now regardless of Tom Brady, who makes maybe, I don't know, 15 million, 10 million a year, 5 million a year. And somebody else who makes, you know, $500,000 a year. Now they get the same check the next week. It's different because during the year, Tom's getting his $5 million. This guy's getting his $500,000. During the playoffs, if you make it, everybody on the team gets the same check. An additional check might be $19,000 for the first round and then a little bit more the second round. But each time you get an additional check. This is my problem with this college stuff over here. Now, you got a contract. You talk about your scholarship and, and your education and all that, but you added some more stuff to it. And you took the benefits to it, but you're not giving anything to the players. Now, the players are saying, hey, man, okay, I had a schedule for my mom them to go to, you know, those 10, 11 regular season games we got. But now we didn't save for these extra two that you threw in there, and we don't have the money for that. But you making all the 50 million people watch the game, the highest watched program period ever in the history of cable TV were those two games that were played this past week. Ohio State, Florida, I'm sorry, the Ohio State University and the University of Alabama and Oregon against Florida State. Now there's enough money. I mean, what, did I, what was I pissed about back in the day when I, first, when I came to Arizona my last college football game? I came to Arizona. That's why I live in Arizona now, by the way. It's one of those things where you come, you see it. Okay. I like it. I, I, I need to be living here. I got to do something. I, got, I started praying. <laughs> I've been asking God for it. And he gave it to me, okay? Plan. Remember that. Plan ahead. And you can make it happen. Get on your knees and pray and plan ahead. But I came to Arizona, but I, I was reflecting on this is going to be my last time playing. It may be playing football, period. I'm a senior. My, my college eligibility is over with. I can continue with my education, but my playing days are over with. This is my last game. And, I, and you know, and it's, it's Christmas time. So I just so have to notice I'm looking around. All these little crumb snatchers is running around having the time of their life. 
I mean, they running around, running at us, throwing footballs at us, playing football, tackling, laughing, having the time of their life. And of course, their moms and their dads are college administrators, college coaches, you know, and they're happy that their kids are having such a great time. And we're the ones why they're experiencing this great time. They're hanging out with the football players who everybody's going to be watching on TV. They're at a great resort. They got the best meals in the world. All their stuff is paid for. And my mom is sitting at home. Phone might have been cut off. I don't know back in the day. She can't make it. She can't afford it. But yet still, I pay for all those tickets of their kids and their wives. The wives ain't coaching. I'm sorry. The kids ain't playing. I'm sorry. So how do you justify that? But then when a player asks that his parents might get the same luxuries, if you want to call it that, that these people get, they're wrong? Okay, come on now, really? Remember now, these coaches are getting paychecks. You're saying that the, co that the players are getting, some people call it free education. They're really delusional. Because it ain't free. Because if it was free, why is it the guy who lives down the hallway from me, how come his isn't free? Because I got to go out and earn this. I earned it, and I got to keep earning it. If I stop playing football, I stop getting that free education, you call it. So that, that's not free. And so the coaches, they get paid during the year. So why are their families getting, you know, this tab? So that's just something that bothers me. So let, let, let I'm, But I'm going I'm to put a stick of pen in it, and I'm going to come back on that. And we're going to talk about that because they could have made that happen right away. There was no need... There's a line in Eddie Murphy's movie, Coming to America. At the very end, Eddie's mother and father, who are the kings and queens, are riding to a, in a limo to, to, to participate in this wedding they're about to have for Eddie, who is, you know, I guess he's a prince. And the mother simply turns to the king because they're having a conversation because Eddie wanted to marry somebody other than this arranged marriage. But the father says to the mother, you know, I, hey, what, what do you want me to do? I can't, I can't do anything about this. I, I, you know, I, just, I, I can't. It's, it's, it's tradition. I can't do anything. And she looks at him simply and says to him, I thought you were the king. So NC2A, don't, don't, don't tell me what you can't do and what you're waiting for somebody else to do. I don't think you had to wait for anybody's approval when you executed a document that allowed for you to have playoffs. You didn't wait for that to come down. For, you're, you're the rule maker. You don't have to wait. You don't have to answer to anybody. You are the king. Make it happen. Get these boys. If nothing else, here's, here's a solution. Seniors. Every, NC2A teams across the country. Every senior, when it's their senior, their last home game, fly their parents in. Put them up in a hotel, take care of the week, that weekend, take, do that. If they go to a bowl game, seniors, when you're seniors, your parents, your mom, your dad gets to go to the game. Fly you in, take care of their expenses. The money's there. That's easy. Come on. Don't play stupid. Act like you can't do it. Just do it. Get it done. Just do the right thing. I think I got to go. Man, I, I, I really enjoyed this show. I want to talk a little bit about pro football, but the Ohio State University, because of this historic moment, they deserve for me to talk about nothing except the Ohio State University and, of course, my man in heaven.
I missed you then. I will not miss you in heaven. God bless you, Stuart Scott. Booyah! And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.